Morning, morning, morning. Yes, we're back with another episode, another rider. Today we have a lovely lady all the way from SA slash Australia. And she's going to tell us about her industry and what she does. And it's very interesting as it goes. And uh, nice to have you here today. Yeah, Lucy. it's good to be here. This is really cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so tell us, is, what is it you were doing? In, you're born in, furthermore, what were you like when you were in school? What was I like when I was in school? I loved art. I've always been really fascinated with like colour and expression and I wasn't very studious. I did well in like English and, and art, but I was sort of there for my friends, really. Okay, okay. Go along to get along kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, so when you left school, what did you want to be? Sure, I had no idea what I wanted to be which is why I sort of took time off and I really didn't know. I knew that I didn't want to be something like a lawyer or an engineer or an architect. I wanted to do stuff with people and I've, I've always been fascinated by like art. I guess I thought I wanted to go into art, to be honest. But then when I started looking into it, it's quite a, um, God, it's quite a pretentious world. So you went from South Africa to Australia. How was the culture shock for you? Was there a culture shock at all? Yeah, massive culture shock. Australia, oh, it's very different to South Africa. Really? I always thought it was similar. That Life... you lot get on very well. Lifestyle-wise, it's really similar. Like, because you've got the beaches and the weather's amazing and the people are chilled and laid back. Um, but South Africa, I guess, is quite different in the way that we sort of like talk about our complexities and our differences and okay. I mean apartheid is like a, a household word in South Africa and yeah I guess it's also just different because in South Africa you're sort of faced with the inequalities between different people on you know on a day-to-day -day mm -hmm. basis you can't drive down the street without realizing your privilege. Does that depend on what part of South Africa you're in? Yes, for sure. They sort of, but I mean, the disparity is, you can see it everywhere. I mean, you drive down the road and, you know, you've got these massive houses with big gates and big walls, and then you've got people who are sleeping on the street. So the job you used to do, I can't remember, pronounce it so do you want to mention it again yeah I was an ethnographer which is just a really fancy way of saying I just you know went to different places and sort of discovered different cultures and you have to sort of be a bit of a assimilate in, into people's lives and be quite curious and and ask questions and similar to what you do you just have to show a bit of vulnerability and gather people's stories and understand what drives them, what they do, you know, what are their dreams, what are their fears. Now, um, what strikes me is, who are you doing this for? Is this for like a government where they want to know about their population? Is it for like independent NGOs or market research people? Who so is it for? My, I started in, in market research, um, but you can definitely, you know, do it for governments and, NGOs as you say there's also like entertainment industry I know that there's lots of opportunities there to sort of go into people's homes and, and people's lives to write stories for film and TV 
but I did it within market research. So sort of gathering the stories that help to build brands and understanding the environment where brands live or die. Because brands can often be quite far removed from people and are not very sort of human-centric in their thinking. Now, does how does that work? Because you just rock up to a village or a community, a tribe or what have you, and just say, hey... Hi oh, Lucy, I want to come stay in your house, sleep in your bed and just write everything down that you do. You actually can. I mean, people are like surprisingly friendly and open and we're all, you know, at our core human beings. Do they get paid? Yes. Now, yes. What, what brings to mind, if they get paid, they may start behaving ways that, what do you need? What are you looking for? Like entertainment? Like, yeah. A yeah. bit like a mini Kardashian or poor Kardashians kind of thing. I guess it's like, it depends on how you approach it. I mean, I've like, I have arrived in places where I knew nobody and I just start chatting to people. I mean, it can be quite sort of symbiotic where you sort of start talking to someone, you understand their background. I mean, let's say I wanted to sort of get to know people here. I could start talking to you, start chatting to you, you understand what I do. You've got a network of people who've got stories to tell. You form connections. That all sounds really informal. You can, I mean, you know, I've got connections sort of like I was doing a lot of work around Africa. I've been to, let's say, Lagos for a couple of times. I have got somebody there who I can call up and I can say, Ayo, I'm coming back. I want to understand youth culture. I want to go to a bunch of nightclubs. I'm going to go to a bunch of bars. Can you please connect me to someone who's like 25, you know, really up and coming, who knows a bunch of like creative people like DJs and artists and, you know, and from there, the human connection is as authentic as you make it. Do you know what I mean? Like it can, it could feel very Kardashian-esque if you sort of hand someone like a microphone like this yeah. but it's exactly this I would sit in front of people often it's film but I would you know you film on your phone so it's not weird and invasive and doesn't feel like production and I suppose like a conversation is a it's a meaning exchange it's a vulnerability exchange as well you have to show parts of yourself for someone to is it audio as well it's just audio or video video and audio depends okay. but you just got a little stand put the I would up. just hold my phone. Just hold your just phone. Just film then. people. Okay. Have a mic. You know, hold it up to. It depends. It depends on the environment. If I'm in like a, like a bar or a, shabine, you know, you're just filming and you're talking to people. And mm-hmm. I have been, <laughs> I have been almost actually arrested, in Nigeria. I was sort of taken to this back room, and we had got we had got permission to film, but. You know, someone wanted a bribe or someone suspicious. Yeah, it was something like that. But luckily, Ao, the, <laughs> the chick that I was with, she's hardcore and she got us out of there. But it was quite scary. Okay, yeah, the Nigerians don't play around. No, they don't. <laughs> uh, they're very serious, but big. But they play. They they work hard and they play hard. They are an amazing, amazing group of people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that brings to mind. When you're, you you live there for a period of time. Yeah, I was based in South Africa and I was traveling around Africa and parts of Europe. I'm referring to when you're doing a project, you go and live with the family or the group of people. Are you just there for a couple of hours? It depends. Yeah, I mean, I have done I have done projects where I've sort of stayed 
with a family. I was in Mombasa and I was understanding like breakfast culture, like different okay, ways that I used people... to live there. Really? Yeah, I used to live in Mombasa, Bamboi. I oh wow. I stayed in Sin City, which they call which is my twapa. Twapa chapa. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yeah, and all of those things. So I stayed there for quite a few years. Really? What brought you there? I was ex military. Okay. So after the military I did that, looking after the vessels, stopping them getting hijacked from the pirates. Wow. And then from then on I decided, I did that for five years, hopping on and off vessels and then I decided to live in Kenya, Mombasa. So I like the tropical climate. It's yeah, like very Jamaica. tropical. And thing and their breakfasts are interesting. They're just this wheat based, aren't they? They're just those triangle mandazis. Mandazis and beans. Yeah, and, and like the chai and the yes, exactly. Yeah, and quite molasses. quite savoury as well. Yeah. I don't like those I think those breakfasts if you work in the fields or you're like working offloading container vessels, mm -hmm. great breakfast is gonna get you good point into the day. Mm. But it's if you're in an office can make you fat. Yeah, well, it's very <laughs> it's heavy. Imagine we had to go to like five different homes, yeah. you know, before eight a.m. You were Swahili's, were you? Say again. Were you with Swahili people? I was, yes, and and also understanding Muslim culture because there's quite a big yeah, Muslim Islam, culture yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It and was so it's old town area. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. Okay. But it is tropical, as you say. I remember getting off the plane and thinking like. Uh, you know, it's like really hot, the heat's coming off the plane, yeah. and then like left the plane, and I was like, oh, this is, this is the heat, this is what we're facing. And of course, like, you know, it's, you have to cover up there. Yeah, in Old Town. Yeah. And I take it you didn't go out at night, no. walking around. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of the evenings, but I was with a guy that I know there, Alex. He's actually from Nairobi, and I've done quite a bit of work with him in Nairobi. But yeah. we didn't really. Yeah, I understand. I think I was there. Yeah, I was there for a couple of days. Have you ever had a situation where things got a bit scary? And you had to, apart from the Nigeria situation, that you had to just call it a day on that one. It's like you can't. You're not going to get any more information from them. Yeah, I want to say like that. That situation in Nigeria was probably the scariest that I've been in because, mm. as I said, like. You know, I mean, people are strange about filming anyway, I think. And this is, we're talking like four or five years ago, longer even actually. No, yeah, five years ago. And the world's come come a long way since then. But like, um, I remember I was sort of interviewing these two guys outside a mall in Lagos. And out of nowhere, like a, these big guys came up to me and were just like, come with us. And I had a camera back then. And I just remember taking the memory card out because this is like a, mm. you know, a, a couple million project. And I just put it in my bra, the memory card. And I remember being like, if they ask, I'm just going to play dumb, like, and, you know, hope for the best. And so they took me to this back room. And luckily, like, AO had been sort of standing further away and she came with. And, you know, it's illegal to bribe. But I'm pretty sure that's what. Yeah, that's what they want. Yeah, and I had cash on me because I was paying people. But I remember thinking, like, I'm not. 
I just remember being quite stubborn and thinking like, no, this is not right. Okay. But also just looking to AO to be like, how do we handle this situation? Yeah. You know, I don't want to be... So AO is like your fixer, your person on the ground who's meant to sort all this <laughs> Yeah, out. basically. Yeah, yeah. And she had some words with them and, and we were let go, but that was really terrifying. We've had times where... I mean, I've definitely been in like some taverns and some shabines where... I don't know, people are quite drunk and rowdy and then that gets a, that feel that starts to feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Sounds like it's a, a surrounding a, quite a bit of nightlife. Yeah, I do? mean it depends on the project, you know, I've done this is like a cross category, you know, so for like alcohol, personal care. So like when I was in Ethiopia, I was understanding like what are the sort of the semiotics of honey, like what does it look like? What does it feel like? How do you how should we talk about it verbally and visually, you know, how... For market research. Yeah, and this was sort of to feed an innovation, like a new product development, all the way from, like, the product to pack to comms. Are they asking this information for they want to market something to the Ethiopians, or are they... We were doing it, it, yeah, we were doing it for a couple of markets in Africa. Oh, okay. I think it was Ghana, Angola, Ethiopia, Nigeria. And you're basically due... So you're like the... not. It's due diligence you're doing, really, within yeah. reason. Yeah, and gathering the sort yeah. of, like, what are the behaviours, how do people understand it. So, like, you know, honey looks different wherever you go. Like, in South Africa, it's this gooey, golden, beautiful stuff, whereas you go to, like, Ethiopia, and you go into, like, the mountains where they produce honey, and they produce a lot of honey, uh-huh. and it's this, like, thick, white... Okay. It actually looks quite buttery and it's got bits of bees in it. So it like looks and feels differently, different everywhere. Is the um, one in SA, is that process, more process? Yeah, way or more process, way more sort of Eurocentric, I'd say. Oh, okay, yeah. No, it just struck me that obviously Europeans have a way of always having to process things to make it kind of acceptable, but they actually reduce the value, you could say, uh, the absolutely. In, in those things. Yeah, I mean, like... And it's quite interesting, like, you know, there was this this turn in culture a while ago, which was that sort of, like, back to, you know, whole foods, whole nuts, whole... Mm-hmm. And Africa's been doing that yeah, the whole e- time. The vegan thing is a classic. Ethiopians are vegans for three days in a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you see what I mean? You have yeah. Rastas who do... Yeah. Like, ...who've been vegans for... Since, since there was Rastas. Yeah. And stuff. What have you learned that you wish you knew when you had started in this industry? The first thing that came to my mind was, and I suppose it's also like life, but like ego is not going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'd say like ego is the is a, the biggest deterrent, both like professionally and personally. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with people, aren't you? So you need to be humble. Yeah, you exactly. Want them to Humility, and I think also just like be authentic, be yourself. And it sounds so cliche, but it really is that thing of like, I don't know, I look at 21-year-old me starting out, I just turned 30 now, and my career has taken like a, you know, I'm still in, semiotics is just a fancy way of saying I understand like verbal, visual, Mm. you know, what are the needs, what are the emotions around, you know, big so what you do is anthropology? It's essentially, yeah, Yeah. it's visual, and at the moment we do, we call it visual anthropology. It's just inter- it's understanding culture and behavior and people and interpreting that 
into ways that brands can sort of talk to people in a really relevant way. Mm-hmm. And you can do, you know, you can do that for many in- industries. And I suppose what I've learned is just be authentic and don't try and fit into into a box because it's really uncomfortable when you're not being yourself and you don't bring your you don't bring all of your sort of magic to the table so what you do is strongly about personality because obviously to look at you you're in Africa but you're a white lady and you're probably going to the poorer parts or parts that haven't been researched as much so you have to be just a great a group great person there's a likable personality because yes. they're going to look at you with somewhat suspicion anyway absolutely umlungu, umlungu. I've, been call- I've been called all versions of umlungu, umlungu. yeah <laughs> for the listeners out there bazungu is a word for foreigner in swahili it yes. usually means white people i used to refer to myself as a black bazungu but <laughs> they generally mean european white person yeah it basically means white person I remember going into like a home in, I think it was somewhere in Kenya, and this baby had never seen a white person in, in its life, and it took one look at me and burst into tears. And obviously <laughs> thought that there was something wrong with me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting thing, and I really grappled with that, with, you know, being a white person going into black people's homes and gathering story. Majority black people, mm. but, you know, Africa is... And it, it is a contentious thing. It, it feels a bit like, oh, you know, a white person taking. But at the end of the day, what, what it is, is it's gathering stories to sort of, to make people heard, which is important. One is like making stories like to allow people to be heard. But another thing is gathering research for a corporation to make business. Is that mm, correct? Yeah. Okay. So on the side of, making people heard are you telling their story as a like as a kind of a bit of a journalist publishing it something like that no no it's purely for internal it wouldn't unless we had permission you know maybe for like a case study or for like a segmentation that's brand agnostic but yeah i think like the the part of me that you know studied humanities and was all about like understanding different different cultures and you know how it's really important to have everybody's story told and removing bias and blah 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 I always sort of struggled with the fact that it's like oh this is you know this is ultimately to help the you know the big corporates make money what had been your mindset at the start to how it's changed throughout the years because they say travel widens the mind So you may have had a certain mindset when you started to how you look at things now. I think it's that we, as a sort of species, may look different and act different around the world. But at the end of the day, we're all human beings with stories to tell and fears and anxieties and just really important to sort of like bring that authenticity and bring that vulnerability because that's that's what connects us as human beings what would be your advice to a younger person who wants to get into your industry do they need a degree how do do they go about it 
I mean, something along the lines of like journalism or social sciences is important because it sort of shows, you know, that curiosity. But, and you know, I, I don't know. I think a degree, a degree is great, but I don't think. What degree did you do? I did a social sciences degree, so mm-hmm. I majored in gender studies and history. Mm. Tell me a bit about gender studies, because that's probably another topic I would have a debate. But what the kind of thing they teach you in gender studies? I hear people talk about on social media, gender studies, but it never occurred to me why we would understand gender studies, why you'd want to study it. Because we kind of live it, whether we like it or not. Yeah, it's a funny one. I mean, in America, they call it like women's studies. I think that's changed now, though. Okay. But gender studies... So I sort of specialise in African gender studies. And what that is, is essentially looking at history through the lens of different genders and understanding that there's different lived experiences and certainly sort of like looking at the constructs of society and how we sort of there's you know there's capitalism there's patriarchy and that means that people have different experiences so and particularly in Africa it's sort of mainly looking at the colonial history but then also through the lens of what that means for women so it's about intersectionality really Mm. so okay so they never talked about before colonialism and how the culture is, because that's still no, we did. Yeah, we did. I mean, we covered a lot. I mean, we're talking, when did I study? Like 20, <laughs> 2012. Like yeah, <laughs> 10 years ago. But yeah, we, I mean, we covered a range of, okay. you know, from before and again, like how sort of like structures of power played out. They're all just different structures of power. Okay. We still live that today. Yeah, to, yeah. because Africa is more about practicality. If I'm strong at something and I can defend you, then I'm going to be this position and you're going to be that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's very rooted in like traditional mindsets and then religion plays a part and then different sort of like when colonialism happened and then decolonial, you know, it's it's all just different power structures. What would you say to your 16 year old self? I would say have fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's not all that serious. I'd say, like, you'll work it out. Don't be so hung up on what it's going to look like, what you're going to be, what you're going to achieve. I'd say, like, you know, obviously work hard and work out who you are, but, like, have fun and find the joy in life. That's what I would say. Okay. I hear you. If the world was standing in front of you and they wanted 7.5 billion people, and they were looking at you, Lucy, and saying, we want one sentence of advice based on your life experience so far. What would that be? No pressure. Yeah, wow, these are deep questions for, what are we, we're before 8 a.m. We're getting ready for those, you're going to be throwing these questions sure, at someone I'm else. I'm going to be like reeling on the train. <laughs> My advice would be pursue connection because everybody has something to teach you and honestly connection is connection and love are what drives us mm-hmm. and again like you know there's I feel like there's so much pressure to 
to like be someone or do something and I guess like your 20s are just about like being different people and trying all of those mm -hmm. those hats on and making mistakes like don't be afraid to fuck up because that's where the learning is can I swear sorry yes, you can. like just go for it you know we're all trying to work it out and actually I don't I've sort of I think that everybody is still working it out there's you know you sort of grow up thinking like there will be a point where oh, okay you know I've got it figured out I don't think that point exists so that's where I fall back to like connection and love and authenticity is what drives me and I suppose like seeking out what drives you and what brings you joy okay. well thanks a lot for that and we wish you well is Thank there you. anything that you, if somebody wants to find you, is there any way they can find you? Or are you just a private person regarding your research specialist? I mean, I do have an Instagram, but it's not very exciting. Okay. <laughs> My name's Lucy Loops, but... Okay. Well, yeah, I mean... Thanks a lot for that, and we wish you well. Thank you. This was really interesting. This is a cool thing that you do. We hope that episode enhanced your life. We post an interview every day as well as vlogging on our social media channel. Don't forget to subscribe to get our latest episode.